Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. This week, I interviewed my good friend Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast. He had an interesting tweet talking about the way NFL offenses and defenses are going to be changing over the next few years. I wanted him to really lay it out for you because it's a timing issue. Getting ahead of it is going to be really important for fantasy, I think. And also had him lay out how I think that affects how we can start looking at rookie prospects this year and over the next few classes. Uh, and then, of course, I asked him about Juju Smith-Schuster being a Patriot now because, yeah. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. <laughs> Perfect. Um... Yeah, I guess we'll just start uh, with, uh, I meant to do the um, who are you and what do you do thing, but I think I'll just do that in the intro. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Basically. Um, And cut straight to, what was that tweet and what are you talking about? Could you explain the basics of it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lay it all out there. Yeah, here, let me see if I can... Let me sure. see if I can pull it up. All right, I got it. So it was uh, in response to in 2018, uh, Michelle Bruton, who is at Michelle Bruton, had tweeted out an article: "Is the RPO already on its way out?" And my tweet was a quote tweet of that article, and it said, "This is a trend to watch because the pendulum will start swinging the other way." In a game that's inexorably tied to matchups, defenses will eventually get lighter and faster, which they have, which tips the dominoes back toward taller, heavier, physical offensive skill positions. It's a matter of time. And then I said, no, 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 not yet. We're still in satellite back slot receiver, move tight end mode, but keep an eye out, get ahead of it, because the first one now will later be last. Anytime you can quote Bob Dylan, you're feeling good about it, but but that was 2018. Here we are in 2023, and I think you're seeing a lot of defenses now play that Tampa 2, cover 2, have the quick defenders, have the lighter linebacker, and you're starting to see teams. And again, I always look at Bill Belichick to be kind of the canary in the coal mine, but there are there are teams, there, there are uh, – the Patriots and the Eagles and I think the chiefs to some extent and San Francisco are the teams to kind of watch because they're usually at the Vanguard. Those coaches are a little bit more innovative and a little bit more in tune with what's going on. And they drive that shift rather than the other way around. And so I think you're, you're seeing and, and we've seen it with the Patriots the last few years where they, they got bigger. They drafted Damian Harris, and then they drafted Ramondre Stevenson, and then they signed Hunter Henry, and, and they started to get a little bit bigger and a little bit more of that physical throw you around the yard. And, I mean, even the, the Eagles, when they went out and got A.J. Brown, that's A.J. Brown is exactly that type of player. And so you have A.J. Brown and Goddard, and you've got the big physical quarterback, and, and so I think that 
teams are, and the, the teams out at the vanguard of this, are taking advantage of the lighter defenses, the the cover two, Tampa two, all of that. So, like, there are teams like the, the Bears that are playing 40% of that on, you know, for a, for a coverage. And, and so it, it drives targets to different areas. The, the way to beat those types of defenses is to out physical them instead of out quick them. Cause they've already, they've already uh, gotten the, you got the smaller linebacker, you got the, the, you know, the nickel back and the, and the guys who are flying all around the field and trying to, trying to cover space that way. And so now you need the guys who'll go over the middle of the field and you need to be able to run a little bit, not establish the run. We're not, we're not going all the way back to, you know, Chicago bears in 85, but. And I think it is too, but my immediate question is uh, how (laughs) Well, it's always what's actionable. I I do think you're right that there's going to be an ebb and flow on moves and counter moves as it were. Um, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't change who's in the class. It doesn't change right. who is good in the class. Does it change some of your expectations of the first few years or of the immediate years for someone? Like, this is a smaller class. Some of the best players are smaller, especially yeah. running back. Um, we have two mighty mouses at running back. We have Jordan Addison weighing in below the, you know, fake but, you know, concerning <laughs> BMI ceiling. Um, does that mean that th- this is a worse time for them to be entering the NFL for fantasy? Or? I, I think it probably doesn't help. You know, it doesn't change who they are, but it does change what teams are trying to do with them. And so hmm. you've seen this the last, I don't know, six or so years, five or six years. You've been seeing a lot of like slide guys in and get mismatches because B- defenses were bigger. And I think you're starting to see the shift toward defenses being quicker and smaller. And some of those players who are playing inside aren't necessarily able to out fast the defenders now because you've got, you know, nickelbacks and smaller corners and quicker corners and, and you're not getting matched up on a linebacker anymore. And so, like, you're still seeing players like Justin Jefferson slide inside and be very I was going to say, it's, um, you know, a way to frame it might be, you know, Jamar Chase still happens. Oh, absolutely. big in a small era doesn't mean they can't be good. And it's the same in reverse. If we're entering a big era, doesn't mean the good small guys aren't going to be good. Small, big, or relative, obviously. And uh, there, there are middle grounds. Um, I do think it's interesting to think about what landscape they're entering into, though. Uh, I, I think that, uh, right, I, I think it has fantasy relevance. I'm just not exactly sure how to use it, if you know what I mean. And I guess that's why I'm bringing you on to try and figure that out. Well, and I, I don't necessarily think that you play fantasy. Uh, you're not driven in fantasy by what's going to happen in the NFL, you know, over the course of the next few years. But it's good to have in mind. It's good to, especially with a class like this coming out, where you have three or four or five really good tight ends, if you see the league shifting toward, you know, going back to that bigger tight end, you right. know, with with that landscape, it, this is a nice class to have second round picks where you can you can take shots on some of those tight ends, and and again, not to you're it's still the tight end position. You're still having to wait on tight ends to produce, but 
there it seems to me like there's a better chance of getting to usable production with them the bigger backs in this class the same thing uh the the backs that you're seeing shift around this year uh again i think it's a lot of they're going back to the the 1a 1b mm-hmm. and you've seen i mean so jamal williams how successful was jamal williams last year and granted it was a lot of it was a lot of one yard touchdowns but like that's 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 how he was used yeah. that's it it's a it's a you know it, i think the the nfl is shifting the offense will shift back toward the smaller i mean the bigger backs the bigger players because the defense has shifted to smaller players and that's what you do is you counter that speed with being more physical um, and yeah, and that's more often than not going to lead to more one A one B situations, which may have but what happened may have been what's happening with the running back landscape recently. In that you've got more touchdown makers, you've got more diverse backfields, um, and so we may already be seeing that. Um, sorry, what? No, I I think that the for fantasy the relevance of all of this is not in what you're doing right now, but it's how we evaluate players going forward uh mm-hmm. because because currently if i see a a big bruising running back or if i'm looking at a, a an x type receiver those don't hold as much interest for me as you know over the past six or seven years as the smaller scat back pass catcher you know that sort of thing well if a defense is specifically designed to take away screen passes passes in the flat and and those quick outs and is designed to give up passes that are over the middle and down the field more than 15 yards all mm-hmm. of a sudden that type of player becomes re-relevant in evaluation and so it's it's not you're not changing who's coming into the league but i think it's important to start looking to the future of where the league is headed in order to evaluate the players coming into the league, if that makes sense. I think so. It's not that JSN and Addison aren't still top of the class. It's right. that maybe Quinton Johnson has a little more, more going for him this year because that's the type of player he is. Yeah, and and not only this year, but but headed forward is is that that type of player. And and Quinton Johnston may not be quite what what, I was going to say I didn't check that. I just assumed. Well, no, I, like he, he's he's a, a, a that player ish, but I don't think that he's he's like the faux X. Like he's six two. He's a little light. He's not he's not the he's not the Des Bryant. You know, necessarily go up and get. Right. Him. He can he can do some of that. He's kind of the transition piece. But I tell you, it might have more. Uh, we should try not to make these narratives, but um, or I should try not to. But uh, I expect lower draft capital for wide receivers this year, just because yes. the NFL has been spending lately on it. Um, and like you say, there's there's fewer of that type of player in this class. These are more higher slot. The best ones, where the best players are, seem to be more slot and move than they are X receivers. Which is why I think Twitter doesn't like this class because it it cares about where it gets its fantasy points from. Right. You know, you know, it's for some weird reason they don't want slot points, even though you know Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup have literally <laughs> been. Sort of, 
the best receivers. Um, they just want Jamar Chase. We only want one at a time. That's all. Um, I do think it's. Uh, I'm going to go back to the running back position because I think that's interesting because the landscape's been bad, and I think we're entering a. I don't know, a middle ground where you're going to get Bajoran Robinson's going to be good. You're going to get the old guys still being good or the not so old guys. Actually, they're in their 20s, but still. Um, and then we're going to get a couple more this draft class and next draft class, but we're still waiting for the big era, as it were, to to put it in the terms you're talking about of running back to really come out. And so in, through there will be a draft class or two of the next few years where we get a new era of running backs who are that big bell cow. But for now, the NFL is going to intensify its split. Um, but this class will bring about a few of them. It's it's kind of a go-to stats, but don't forget to come one back. Like, yes, big backs, but it's who's good at doing that matters more than what the NFL wants to do. It can it can employ as many bad big backs as it wants. They're not going to succeed in the way we want them to just because that's what the NFL might be more inclined to want um, because of the... Moves and counter moves of offense and defense in the NFL, but I do think it's a really interesting point. Is there is there anyone from this class or in the NFL right now? We've got a lot of free agent signings and non-free agent signings going on right now, and um, that you think this applies to, or that's necessary context for considering. That's what well, I'm trying to drive at. I think that the interesting players coming into the NFL this year from this class. One of them is Zach Charbonnet, who a lot of people are talking about, and he's—I think—he's probably consensus running back three or four in in yeah. the class, and and he's a again he's a bigger back and got more of that prototypical size, not necessarily a burner, has ability in the passing game, but is not necessarily what I would consider a, a scat back, a pass catching back. Like he can do it. He's he's very Melvin Gordony to me. So he, he can do that sort of thing, but he's really a between the tackles guy, and and also Roshan Johnson, who we've talked a little bit about you and I, where he was behind Bijan Robinson. Yeah. So you don't necessarily get the the inflated the counting yeah. stats, and it doesn't look like much, but he's he's big enough. He's he has that that frame that ability to carry inside and so that that i think at this point is I mean, it's not necessarily what i'm looking for but i'm certainly interested in that when type you see of it back you yeah. gotta make note of it yeah, yeah. i have been going through this class a little bit more i've been adjusting some stats i actually took uh the last week off on the dynasty grind as you know and i think i'm having trouble getting back into the headspace because it's kind of i've just been editing videos instead of making videos <laughs> to be honest I've been sitting here like, I'm going to make a video, and then I don't. Um, but a player that I've got interested in that might fit that is Tank a little bit. Tank Bigsby. Yeah. And it's not just the name. I, his, I did a video on him. Like His profile is really interesting, but he doesn't have the workload of a workhorse. But it does go up and down based on the availability of the rushing quarterback he was playing with. And I... I'm speculating it's not so bad to be familiar with working into that diverse rushing attack in college when you go to the NFL. Because you find that on a lot of teams right now. Um, what do you think of him? It's a little slow, uh, apparently. Four, yeah, what, I mean, four point six. But it, I mean, a little bit. But it's not. It's not I, terrible. No. No, and it's funny because I think he plays with better speed than he showed at the combine. Like oh. one of, one of my notes is that he actually has pretty good long speed once he hits the second level. 
And I don't think he's real twitchy. I don't think he's a, a running back that is going to make you miss. So if he gets one-on-one, I don't think that he's going to beat an initial defender. But I think if he gets a, a hole that's blocked, he's got pretty good burst, pretty good acceleration. And he's a – and I like this. He's a what I call a crease runner. So right. that's a that's a runner who will get small going through the hole at the line of scrimmage. It means he can run through uh, – not you know, you don't have to block a hole for a Mack truck to get through. You, he can get through a smaller hole. He can get get small and get through that. And I also do think he's got enough power uh, and leg drive. He makes almost every play a positive play. And so, yeah, I mean, like, he's kind of that ilk that we're talking about. He may be a little bit smaller than than that. I don't I don't have his um, his combine size on me. Uh, I know two ten pounds, yeah, so, two hundred and ten pounds, seventy two. So he's six foot two ten. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I bad. guess that's, no. And and for this class, he's one of the one of the bigger backs in this in this particular class. In this class, yeah. And, and I do think he's actually not a bad pass catcher. Like, I don't think he's going to run routes or anything. You're not going to be able to split him out wide. No, no, but he was used. Yeah, but yeah, he's decent enough. He he does, like I said, he does have that dearth of quick twitch agility. He's not gonna he's not gonna like juke somebody and get by. He does hesitate behind the line of scrimmage if he has to get outside he does not want to he's he's not a bouncer he's a between the tackles guy uh but i i i think i have bigsby as my running back seven but that's again pre-draft pre-combine and and that's behind devin a chain who who knows with him i mean he's he's a little teeny tiny you know the gnat that you want to swat but you can't because he's too fast (laughs) <laughs> okay no um i like his production well um i mentioned tank because he's the only one i currently have in my top five that's not in the consensus top five so i was like okay that's weird um and i think it's because well i know why because i'm starting to do these rankings now um i've got a tier of players where i'm like i can see how they're better prospects but they all have issues if you know what i mean like yep. tank's issue is he didn't get the workload but you can see why and it's not a big concern outside of that he was a good running back yep and with a three down skill set, awesome. The next three, the next tier I've got, it's like it, it's like Deuce Vaughn. It's like I don't think he's a three down back in the NFL. Yeah. And Tajay Spears, who was a three down back, is actually slightly smaller, but yeah. nowhere near, nowhere near Deuce Vaughn. But played in a conference where his stats are just hmm, they're worth <laughs> frowning at. And Sean Tucker, who I like, but it's just there's a. I mean, there's a wit. He played worse when he should play best, and I just don't understand that. <laughs> and so that's a wart. I put him on the and uh, dropped him. And then you've got Roshan Johnson, who you mentioned, who's like, yeah, it's all there. If only could have done it at 15 more touches a game, I would be really interested. And so let's see what the NFL thinks. Um, but a player that I I still have no way to make up my mind. He's falling to a, the fourth tier right now. Um. Because I have no idea I'm going off what people say. And he's the <laughs> other guy who's in the top five right now. And that's Zach Evans. Like, literally, I can't imagine using his statistics to decide if he's good or bad at being a running back. Like, I don't, way too little for me, personally. So, is he one of these? He might make an exception just because of size? I haven't even looked. Is he? he uh... No, he's he's actually smaller. He's He is oh, under, oh, oh. under 200 pounds and... I can't remember. He was like five ten or five eleven at the at the combine. Uh, 
he is he was a really interesting watch like like super because he gets up to speed really quickly and that makes him a threat to score at any time you know that's he he just he has that long speed he's actually exceptional at the goal line even though he's a little bit undersized he does a really good job working leverage getting low finding a way to get in he doesn't really make defenders miss but he never gets hit if that makes sense, like, like he's no. really he's, well, no, like he's really good at just moving enough and just turning enough that he never, uh, he never gets hit square on. And he's also really good at when he gets to the second level at angles. And so, like, he's not like juking a guy, he's not out quicking guy, but he's out thinking of uh, the defender. And and will run with angles and run away from players. And he, man, he just, with his ability to not get hit square, it allows him to, instead of taking a full-on hit and stopping his momentum, he'll, he'll take the hit as a glancing blow and it allows him to turn and continue leg drive. And so he's able to add yardage even when he gets tackled because he's not getting hit square. I do think he's got ball control issues. Like he, he oh. carries the ball out and yeah, and and the NFL has been teaching defenders to pop the ball out. And that's been a big thing over the last probably five or six years where and you'll see it. You'll see players come in and they won't even try to make a tackle. They'll be punching at the ball. And I think Evans is going to struggle with that. I do think for even as fast as he is, I think he struggles to get outside and turn the corner. He also is really susceptible to getting hit low. So, you know, if if players can get in and around his ankles, he goes down, which is not something you love if you're going to be running inside because there's usually a lot of traffic on the ground. And for my money, he's not really a pass catcher. And so I've got him down my list a little bit. I think I have him at running back nine, but he's in that third tier for me. So, like, I have a third tier of five guys or I'm just right. like – they all have things that are pretty good. And and honestly, you could almost move Sean Tucker up into that and have a tier of six guys because they're all – they have warts. They have things that I don't love, but they also have enough uh, upside and, like, the things that they do well are things that if you can do them and do them efficiently in the NFL, it scores fantasy points. So they're either really good pass catchers or they're home run threats. So – Kendra Miller, A-Chain is obviously the pass catcher. Bigsby does kind of a little of everything. Israel Abanaconda, I don't know if you've, if you've got him at all. I haven't looked at him yet, no. I've got him on my list. Yeah, but no. so yes, he, he's he's worth looking at. He was out of pit um, and had, a, had a, a really good year. I mean, he had almost, uh, almost 2,000 yards last year and had 24 receptions in 2021 is a better than average inside runner, I think. And he's a little, Abanacan is one of these guys who's a little bigger. Um, mm. he, he's got a real good combination of contact balance and leg drive. He's the one that's got good feet in traffic. So he gets his feet up and clear, is able to pick through the trash, even if the, the hole isn't clean and has real good open field vision. So, you know, able to figure out where the defenders aren't and then get himself there, which is a nice <laughs> okay. a nice thing if you're a running back. 
Hey, but I don't think he's I, I don't think he's real creative. And I think that's that's the knock on a lot of these backs in this class is they're either undersized or they're not creative runners. And what I mean by creative runners is when a play breaks down. So if you get the ball and all of a sudden a defender gets through the line and you're not expecting it, you got to be able to get out of there and make a play and gain positive yards. Right. And and so many of the backs in this class just don't have that creativity. They're not able to escape that initial defender at yards. And man, in the NFL, teams are looking for that because you gotta you gotta see it and hit it. Or if if a play breaks down, you've got to be able to to gain positive yardage because you, you don't get many chances. I mean, NFL teams aren't giving up huge swaths of yards. So if you, you know, on, on first down or second down, if you're losing four, five, six yards, you're in some trouble. Hmm. Um, all right. Uh, I've got lots of questions. Like I want to know why uh, JJ Zacharyson and yourself both seem hesitant on Devin A-Chain. And I don't get it. He seems like he did pretty well. He it seems like he did really well relative to the situation, relative to other players and other like I can't see it. I, I mean, I think that for me the hesitancy is just size. Like he, okay. he's he's not he's not going to be like he'll be a very good space back in a in a league where teams are quasi utilizing space backs and starting to do less and starting okay. to do less. Uh, um and so like he's he's five nine and sub two hundred by quite a bit. I think he Yeah, 188, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. And and so but but he's a good runner inside, which is this weird kind of juxtaposition of you see this little tiny speedster, but he can run inside. But the NFL, I don't believe, is gonna have him run inside. I mean, I you just that's not sustainable. I I I don't think, or if it is sustainable, the NFL doesn't believe it's sustainable and they won't do it. So it doesn't matter if it's sustainable. I think that's Peter. I think that's a big part of all of this too. And, you know, we've had the conversation about BMI Twitter and, uh, and you and I were on the same side of Devonte Smith a couple of years ago yeah. where people Marcus were like Devonte Smith. There's, there's no way he can be successful because he's so small. I think we're going to get that a little bit with um, Jordan Addison this year. Yeah. We're gonna, I ho- I'm hoping to have that fight. I would love to get Jordan <laughs> Addison to be honest with you, but, but I, you get that with running backs too, where the NFL looks at a running back and they go, wow, there's no way that they'll be able to do it. But the smaller running backs who are successful, are the ones the NFL like believes in and, and utilizes. And so it'll be interesting to see one, where a chain goes, like what team he goes to, but also where he goes draft capital wise, because that's a pretty good indication whether or not a team believes in that, that skill set. But again, like great hands, I, he may be, I mean, it's like between him and Jameer Gibbs for the, best pass catcher in the class like i think they're really good uh he he gets it's funny to say about a guy who's 5'9 185 but he's another guy who gets small through the hole and and teams will lose him and he's actually got really good technique as a pass blocker which makes him 
a legitimate pass blocker in spite of his size. He's able to use his leverage. He gets low, uses his legs to kind of bump up a, a defender. But again, not no power. I mean, this is it's that's just physics. Like he just he doesn't you know mass times acceleration. He's got the acceleration part, but he doesn't have he doesn't have mass. So, um, and he's not quick enough to me side to side to get the edge. So he's a he's kind of a an anomaly where he's a smaller back who does most of his damage from the inside unless he's catching passes. So it's, oh, a, okay. it's just a, it's just a weird profile. Like I like him. He's 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 in that tier of you know that that tier of five guys that I've got. It's Kendra Miller, Devon A. Chain, Tank Bigsby, Abanaconda, and Zach Evans. Like that's that tier of guys that I'm like. They they all have really good things that they do, but they all have questions. Um is Jameer Gibbs just good enough that he he's slightly undersized? And I think he is. He's in my first tier this year, the only guy next to Bajon Robinson at all. Yeah. Um, he's 199, I think. Yep. Um, ran a 4-4. He is undersized relatively. <clears throat> Not quite as well. But uh, how does his I, rushing differ that he's less of a concern? Or is it more just because he was much more productive as a catcher? Well, I don't and again, I don't, I don't think he is going to be a. I think he's going to DeAndre Swift some people. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I that's, think that's kind of my comment. Yeah. yeah, I think people are going to expect him to have more of a workload rushing, and he's not going to. But he's so dynamic as a pass catcher, it may not matter. Uh, and and again, he's my running back too with a bullet. Uh, you know, same as same as you. And somebody the other day asked me if I had the the pick and Jameer Gibbs and Jackson Smith and Jigba were on the board, what would you do? And I said, well, I, I break ties toward running back, so I would go Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I've had to say the same thing, and it's painful. It's like I prefer JSN. <laughs> I think but, I'd still take JSN, but I'd probably take him over Addison right now. And that's, and still, that's, that's exactly mm. what I was going to say. Like JSN, I think, w- would be my two if we're uh, being uh, quarterback agnostic, like if we're just ignoring quarterbacks right, right now. So for me, it's it's Robinson, JSN, and then Gibbs, like hard Gibbs, and then and then Addison. So All right. that that's where that's where I'm at. I like I really like uh, Gibbs, and I like him even more listening to J. Mike gush about him this past week because I I, I hold yeah. a lot of stock in J. Mike's evaluation, and so when he gets really excited about a player, I I'll just sit back and listen. <laughs> Um, I was actually going to, someone asked me about hit rates in the NFL draft. Now I was digging back through that stuff. Like 90% of running backs drafted in the first 16 picks have a top 24 season, at least one. What I was going to ask you about instead is actually, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is now a Patriot, yes. continuing their long line of finding players that I love undrafted, like Jacoby Myers, and then <laughs> uh, signing players that have continually disappointed me, like Juju. <laughs> uh, so uh, what do you think? I think that he fits Mac Jones's skill set at least as well as Jacoby Myers and probably a little better because I think Juju Smith-Schuster is actually better after the catch. And right. that's that's one thing that when 
well, you know me in quarterback evaluation. I like I I do it, but I don't hold much faith in what I do. But when when I evaluated Mac Jones, the thing that kept coming up for me is what makes him successful is that he can throw the ball to a receiver in a place that gives that receiver the ability to do something for himself after the catch. And you saw time and time again, Jacoby Myers just not be able to do Jacoby Myers gets open like crazy. And I think he Jacoby Myers open, is, he catches the ball. Well, yeah. only he's, he's a good receiver. Yeah. Obviously. And I but. think Jacoby Myers is actually better against man to man coverage than uh, Juju is. I think oh. Juju is Juju kills zones. And I, and Juju is, is really good in like that real short underneath area against man. But He's a zone killer. The Patriots will need to do something on the outside to to you know take some of the defensive pressure away from the middle of the field. And if they can do that, I think I think Juju's a great addition to that team. I think he I think he gives them probably more yardage on the same amount of targets as as you know what you saw out of Myers last year, just because he can add after the catch. And Myers doesn't do that or didn't do that. So what's his value in fantasy? Like a late first round pick. That's what I'm hearing. So I just saw Russ Fisher, and I was really mad because I was going to take him, in the ninth round and take Juju Smith-Schuster at 9-0-1 in a startup. And it was just after the 112 went. So I think he's probably somewhere – you know, a, a very a, late first round, a late pick, first, maybe. early second. Yeah. Um, and so he forced me into taking Derrick Henry at uh, at the 902. Think about that. Derrick Henry at the 902 in a startup running backs and ADP right now. Um, well, I saw I saw a whole bunch of people tweeting out about how Jacoby Myers was better than than Juju and all this stuff. And then I went and like looked up what they did last year. And yeah. Juju outproduced Myers. And no, Myers Juju's was the good. king of you expect top 12. And when you get top 24, you think he did badly. And then you look yeah. and it's like, oh, he was a top 24 wide receiver. Yeah. That's that's how Juju Smith yeah, lives it's... in my head, rent free, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, we should probably end it because we've got to go do the stream now. So I we want do. to really, uh, thank you again for doing a late guest uh, appearance on the podcast to explain your tweet and some of the rookie running backs <laughs> you went through. Um, is the hoot nanny over now? Still going? No, the hoot nanny's still going. We got another week of running backs, uh, a week of tight ends and quarterbacks, and then two more weeks of catch all. One week of wide receivers and one week of running backs. So we got we got four more weeks left. We're hoot nannying it up. You know, catch whatever. all that information on the Dynasty Dummies podcast. <laughs> Just look up Dynasty Dummies. It's what comes up for me and my Stitcher app, and that's how you find them. Really appreciate it, Zach. All the Dynasty grind every Wednesday at nine thirty, obviously probably cut that out no no don't cut that out i'm there 9 30 every wednesday yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so jake on the table and they on the play so pete enumerates the plays are analytical picking my nose don't really know if i like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys.
eyes, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.